Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. Today is the first episode where we are only doing audio, because we are now on Spotify, Amazon, and Apple, which is pretty freaking cool. When I saw it like up on Spotify for the first time on the little page, I was like, whoa, this is kind of official now. So that's pretty fun. Summer of 2014 was just like super chaotic and it was the first year I started going into all the psych wards and some of my first treatment centers. It was when everything was just really bad and I wanted to do everything I could to hurt myself. It took a lot of people to help come together to keep me safe because I did not want to be alive. Back then I wasn't doing a lot of things that were necessarily like life-ending damage, but I was hurting myself in multiple ways. I had gotten out of the psych ward and was in a partial program and I ended up swallowing the thumbtack, which is insane to think about. Sometimes I forget that my 14-year-old self did that. So in the partial program, you're kind of like in groups all day and I was not really doing well and so I was talking to some of the staff members in the little staff office and I grabbed a like a thumbtack off the wall and then I told them I needed to go to the bathroom and they were like are you gonna be safe and obviously I was like yes and then I went in there and swallowed it I remember when it happened too like that feeling of it going down my throat I was so scared and I was like I need some water and they were like why did you take in the bathroom and like I wouldn't tell them, like I literally wouldn't tell them at all that they knew I'd taken something because I was like coughing because it was like stuck halfway down my throat like I could feel it. They ended up taking me upstairs because that's where the like locked inpatient unit is and then the social worker in there like finally got me to tell them and so they took me to the ER and they did an x-ray and they had seen that at this point like it was in my stomach and it had passed through anything so... It wasn't going to cause damage, and if it did, it was going to be coming on the way out. They admitted me back to the psych ward inpatient, and a couple days later ended up taking me to the hospital again to get another x-ray, and it was gone. So, I really saw that thumbtack again, but it's just wild. And so, that was why from there they decided I needed to go into, like, treatment. This was a time when I went up to, like, Whittier. And I think I was only there for like a week, not gonna lie, because like I was just going insane. But it was just really scary. They just kind of, at least at this place, they just kind of dropped me into this like milieu of like a bunch of people. Boys like and girls and it was just loud and chaotic and I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing at all. I didn't know the rules and it was just really scary. I've gone to treatment like 10 times and I've been in the psych ward like over 30 times and nine of the treatment centers were adolescent ones which are the worst. They, because as a child you have like really no say at all over your like medical situation, your meds, really anything. Just your parents but like they don't fully really understand what's going on between you and especially since you're far away so then they kind of just start making these decisions for you that they don't really know anything about and 
I think sometimes I do resent my parents for sending me away, but I do acknowledge now, like, it was out of their control. And it was almost in a sense that they needed a break because they literally couldn't keep me safe. Like, not even the psych wards were, like, keeping me safe. Treatment centers were keeping me safe. I went to this place in Utah, which was, like, really high level of care. Basically, just, like, torture, really, honestly. And even at this place, like, they couldn't keep me safe, and they ended up having to send me to the psych ward at one point, too, in Utah, where I stayed for, like, a week, which was, like, a whole weird experience, too, because I saw someone there that I went to treatment with in Vista, and they were in, this was in, like, somewhere in Utah, I think Provo, Utah, but it was just weird that we ended up seeing each other because we were roommates at the place, like, and we did some crazy shit when we were at that place, too. We, like, didn't want to get up to do workout and fitness, and so we, like, barricaded our door with the dresser, and, like, they couldn't come in our room, and so we just kept trying to sleep. Like, they were banging on the door, so we couldn't end up sleeping, but, yeah, we got into a lot of trouble, so it was just so weird to see them again, like, a year later still in the psych ward but in a different place I don't know so like none of these places could really keep me safe so it like makes sense why my parents like sent me away it's just it's almost in a sense more frustrating that these places even exist in general like the Utah one especially like who like why is that not regulated like why is that legal I've heard a lot of other stories on TikTok recently about people going to like wilderness camps and stuff. My parents were gonna send me to one. My dad mentioned it once and I was like, that's not gonna be good. Like I am just gonna allow myself to die. Like if I saw a bear, I'm not fighting. I'm caving because I already wanted to. And I was like, there's sticks, rocks everywhere. Like that's not the place for me (laughs) because I will just let myself go. So. Yeah, they didn't end up sending me to one of those, but just all these crazy stories that are, like, from, like, these places in Utah. I'm just, like, who is the governor of Utah and what are they doing? Because this is real illegal shit. We were, like, self-isolated, like, this was, so this was one on the acute unit. So this is not, this aspect is not every day, but we were in yellow sweats where we would get like when we went onto that unit we would get stripped down and made sure we had nothing on us and then they would give us yellow crew neck yellow sweats which we would wear we'd sit on a desk we wouldn't talk all day long you would raise your hand if you wanted to speak but you weren't really talking there was really no groups they would bring you food they would open the bathroom every two hours and you had to go to the bathroom during then you had five minute showers and you basically were only allowed in the rooms while you were sleeping and the rooms are like there's four rooms in each cottage and in each room there's four beds two bunk beds and then four like closet things and that's what we had in like that was in all cottages and then like under the bunk bed there was a drawer and those were like the only play things we could have because When we got there, they checked all our stuff, and we could only pick, like, seven shirts, and it couldn't have, it had so many rules on what we could and couldn't have on the shirts, like, it was, like, no tie-dye, no gang affiliations, which is, like, obvious, but just some random shit, too, and we would have to 
lift our arms up and then bend down to make sure that nothing would be showing and we did this with our pants too and then they would send the rest of our stuff home and so we barely had anything at all and it could only fit in this stuff because we would also get moved around to different cottages or different rooms so we'd have to make sure all of our stuff could fit in two boxes and we had like toiletry box where if it didn't fit in the box and the lid couldn't close then you couldn't have it they would take it away from you so on the acute unit like you had nothing like you brought over there like three pairs of socks and then you could pick like two personal two or three personal items because I would pick my stuffed animal deck of cards and a book but I feel like maybe you could only have two because I feel like I would have to switch between the book and the deck of cards I can't remember but either way you only have those two items so all day long I'm literally just like shuffling cards playing solitaire like only had my stuffed animals so I could freaking sleep at night and so this is literally what you're doing all day and they have like crayons and a bunch of textbooks so if you could do your schoolwork your teachers would bring you schoolwork but it was like you're basically gonna fail your classes if you were in there because I was like a teacher assistant and I had like it was like a pass or fail situation and I ultimately ended up failing because I wasn't there enough because I was in the acute unit a lot of the time and I'm like how do I fail a teacher assisting class but thankfully it didn't go on like my final grade thing but transcript it was just weird it was weird I just like fully dove myself into school because that was really all you could do Otherwise, you were just, like, sulking in this, like, one, your life is miserable, and then your now life is even more miserable because you're, like, being abused, like, left and right. And so you're literally in, like, this fight-or-flight state of mind constantly because also people are freaking the fuck out and they're calling dial nines every two seconds on the radios. And then a bunch of, like, staff members come storming in different directions, and if it's in your cottage, you know it's about to be screaming and yelling. So it's just, like... You're just constantly in this state of fight or flight, and people would just start fighting you. Like, at the beginning when I was there for, like, the first month, like, I got close to this one girl, and, like, something happened between her and a staff member where, like, they were kind of having, a, a, like, a relationship. And someone thought I, like, snitched on them, like, and so this huge group of, like, her girls, like, friends, like, came storming into my first period, which was, like, pre-calc at the end, and they were, like literally like ganging up on me like threatening me like the math teacher was like telling them to leave like they weren't leaving like I was breaking down because I was like I didn't say anything and then it turns out there was another staff member that said something so I was like see like I literally almost got like ganged up and like jumped because they thought I said something about that and this was like my first week like month in there and I was so terrified so it's just like you're constantly in this like fight or flight state of mind while you're trying to heal, while you're also being abused, and while they're not really teaching you anything about therapy. So I just was like, I gotta do school. So I took, I took English 11 and 12 both semesters, and then I was taking physics, an art class, the teacher assistant, um, the pre-calc. I think there was one more. I think I had to be in PE or something. Like, I don't remember. I think that's what it was, though. So I was just taking, like, all these classes to just... So when I, after we were out of school, I was in back at the cottage. I was either playing cards with a staff member or I was doing schoolwork. 
instead, you know, because we weren't able to do anything. And it was like, if our cottage got in trouble, like, when I got there, they give you three days in the acute unit. And, like, no choice. But I had staples in my arm at the time, and they didn't want me just walking around with staples. So I needed to wait for my thing to heal before I could go off. And so I ended up being there for, like, five days. And then when I finally got off the cottage that they put me on, one, the lady with the who checks your clothes wasn't even there so I was still in the like acute units like yellow like clothes and my cottage was like in trouble and so we were in this thing which is basically the same as the acute unit they just do it in a classroom so after a group you go into this classroom and you do the same thing where you sit at a desk and you can't talk they come and bring you your food in there like they take you to do the showers but you go like two at a time and this was like my first time taking a shower and I didn't know anything and I also didn't have any of my stuff and I didn't we didn't know at the time that you need to have your own towels so obviously later my mom like shipped me towels but it was like I didn't even know what to do I was so confused and they were like you have 15 minutes and no one was explaining anything to me and I was just so lost and we did that for two the first two days I was out which were still the two days I didn't have any of my stuff and it was just, there was just so much shit that went down at that fucking place, like, craziness. But these were just, like, some crazy things that it's, like, if you got in trouble, this is what was happening. And, yeah. I mean, they did kind of make it feel more like it was kind of a school because we did have periods that we would switch to. We'd have time in between. There were two sets of lunches, so it was, like, you either had, like, fourth or sixth period lunch and, like, Obviously, 6 is better because no one gets hungry at 11 a.m. But, like, you can't get up at your tables without asking either. So, I don't know. and Because, like, school time, too, is when you saw everyone. So, you weren't just stuck with the people in your cottage. So, you could actually, like, be with your friends. A lot of the teachers didn't really give two shits. Like, they kind of did, but not really. It was just, like, they just gave us a bunch of handouts. Like, that's kind of all we did. One of my English classes, we, like, had to watch all three movies of The Lord of the Rings, and I wanted to die. Oh my god, it was so awful. I don't like those kind of movies at all. And everyone knows those movies are so long, and we only had, like, hour-long classes. So it just took so many days of this class taking this over and over again. And, I don't know, like, we had a... I was taking American government too at one point and our teacher was the principal and then randomly the principal just quit like mid-semester just disappeared and so we had like we were just like lost like we had nothing so someone else was trying to like make up for it but it was just like no one was wanting to focus no one wanted to do anything we just were sitting around and talking in so many of the classes like that's kind of honestly what we did the art class was my favorite because it really just was an escape from life and in that semester we did mainly or the second semester we did mainly like ceramics and I had taken ceramics at my school here in La Jolla and it was so fun so being able to like feel kind of like I was at home in a way was cool and then obviously being able to express yourself 
PE was like kind of nice just because it was like the only exercise like in all these years that I was in the treatment centers I barely exercised and that's why I ended up having to quit soccer because I was just like too out of shape and was just really never there but there was a period where we did play soccer for like two weeks um, at this place and if you were at a certain level you could play because it was kind of like you had to walk across the literal parking lot to get to the soccer field that was also enclosed but that walk you had to be cleared for that literal walk across the parking lot so anyway so I ended up getting cleared and we were able to play outside in like the field and that was so nice that was fun to be able to play soccer and stuff again but yeah I mean these like little things are like kind of had to be my escape and at this point, like, I was so burnt out from, like, school because school was, like, the only thing that was ever really, school and sports were the only thing that were really ever important in my life. And I was doing everything so I could go to a good school. I was playing soccer so I could get into a good school. And just everything was so for school that I was just, like, so burnt out. And I was taking so many classes that my therapist ended up writing, like, a standing order, which is just, like, a permanent order. Everyone has to follow it. For me to have like a 15 minute break and I would always I strategically did this that I would take my break which and it was in my last period which is the teacher I didn't like and it was the last 30 minutes of class because I would take it for the 15 minutes and then they would switch shifts and so when the shift this like shifting changed the other shift didn't give two fucks if I stayed so I ended up always getting the last 30 minutes of school off and that was just really nice because you would just go to this one cottage where it was like where the sick people would go and then the kids who were not behaving well so I would just sit there for 30 minutes and it was just kind of a way to unwind almost before we had to go into group yeah that just place was crazy it was like I was having migraines really, really bad at this point, and it was super hot when I got there in summer, and you had to work out. Like, there was no, you're not working out. And for some reason, the people, the staff in my cottage loved that we would just be outside. Every other cottage, it's 100 degrees, and they're in the gym playing basketball, and they would never let us go in the gym. Like, it wasn't until it was, like, winter when we were starting to able to go into the gym. But it's blazing degrees, and they're wanting you to do this workout and I just had a whole long day of school being abused and my head was just hurting so bad and they would force me on it and I would throw up because I'm having migraines so bad so I'm throwing up in the trash can because they wouldn't unlock the bathroom for you because they only do it at so times and then they're like and you can clean up your your trash can like I don't know it was just all of this shit was just crazy like that and you know, the line thing was very strict. It was, like, juvie, military, like, somehow mental health, high school, or really school, because they had elementary school and middle schoolers there. That was another thing, was the teaching assistant was also my escape, because I got to go and be with the elementary school kids. Luckily, my teacher was, like, great. She was so nice. And then also, luckily, I somehow got the period that they would start out as like recess and then go into doing math which is like recess is fun I just got to play with them in the sand or playing basketball and then 
I love math. So it was just like, that was a fun time. And those kids started to like bond with me. And like whenever I went in the cute unit, they would miss me. And it was like, I'd come back and they'd be like, were you in Long Peak? And I was like, yeah. And I just felt bad. But that was also just a nice escape. Like I feel bad, so bad for those children and the shit that they must have had to go through to like get there, to be there at nine years old. And also just the trauma that's to come from also being there at nine years old. But they were sweet. So I was like, in these crazy house places, these are the things you had to hold on to because otherwise you weren't going to survive mentally. Because I couldn't talk to my parents. I talked to them like, I think I got to the level where it was like two or three times. I think it was two times a week for 15 minutes each time. And then my parents figured out that if you called on the weekends... They also let you talk, and the weekend staff don't care as much, so you can talk a little bit longer. So we would kind of find our way into being able to talk more, but it was just, it was never enough to be able to talk to them about, one, just the shit that's going on here, but then their life, and my brother was just starting college, and so hearing about, like, that whole thing, like, there was just never enough time to talk to them. Whenever I was in the acute unit, like, you were not talking to your parents. You only got to talk to them when it was a family session. And you didn't receive letters then. You didn't receive... You couldn't send letters, so... I'm just, like... And I was in the acute unit probably total of, like, maybe close to, like, 90 days out of the seven months that I was there, give or take. And so during that entire time, I'm not talking to my parents. And it's just, it's just a lot. Like, you don't really have anyone you can confide in. Like, I, like, bonded with quite a few staff members. One, just because I was more, like, mature. I was 17 at this point. Um, but I just bonded with them a little bit. And so I was able to kind of escape through them, too. But then you just get so attached to these people. And then, like, I mean, that was the issue with the entire thing. Is like, we would get attached to each other as patient clients I don't even know what they were and then also to the staff and then they would go or they would have to like enforce their job and it would just create this whole thing because it was like we were so alone but we weren't but we very much were because also the staff was always right so if they didn't like you like there was a staff that did like me and I don't really know where it switched or when it did but then she switched and didn't like me and she had a lot of power and she would just make my life difficult and so I was just it was like what was happening was not true and to her it was very true like on Christmas like I was sad that I was there obviously and I was leaving in like a week or so so my parents didn't send me any gifts so a bunch of people was opening like all their gifts from their parents my parents sent me some like candy because we had candy holidays where your parents could send you candy up to two pounds and then you had three days to eat it which is also insane but on Christmas, they allowed your parents to send you stuff, and then any of the kids who didn't get stuff, they bought you, like, little things. Like, I got some, like, kids' chapstick and, like, mascara, I think. But I was just really sad because, like, one, that was my first Christmas I've ever missed. Like, I've missed every single other holiday. Um, well, obviously now I've missed two Christmases, but at that point I had missed every other holiday except Christmas and my birthday. And it was just really sad. And I was supposed to go home and then, like, something happened and I wasn't able to go home. So it was just painful. And I was just sad. And so I was kind of, like, sulking. And she just, like, flipped this entire story that was just not even true. 
on to my therapist and so then like my therapist was like oh how about you do this you you might not get to go on this trip at new year's and i was just like oh my god that's not even what happened but just because this bitch doesn't like me now all of a sudden i'm getting my privileges taken away the very very few privileges we had yeah i mean going all these places like i had to adapt to new living situations i I don't know if this is trauma response or it's a good thing or maybe both, but I always have an escape route wherever I go. I know how to get out of places, which means that I am good with backtracking maps and directions. So when I take directions somewhere, I know how to backtrack my way back onto the freeway, which I I don't know if a lot of people can do that also too, but I know that this this has happened because of those situations that whenever we leave this kind of property, like... It did occur in my mind several times, what happens if I could run? Where would I need to go to get here, into this, into that? But, I don't know, it made me adaptable, like, I do know how to stand up for myself. And it just made me realize, like, freedom is a blessing. But I don't know. I have a lot of shit I need to work on, I think. My inner teenager is the next step in my journey, and I think it's going to be the most painful because so much bad shit has happened over the last few years. I know at the end of it, it's going to be freeing, but it's really painful. This last week has been really hard, and I really need to find some stuff to do to fill my time because I am not spending my free time wisely right now, and I think it's making my mental state spiral even more into this just like chaotic racing thoughts yeah that's kind of a story one of many to come i hope that all of you guys are happy that it is now on spotify and all these places and i'm gonna be turning my youtube into kind of more of like a vlog and me just putting like random clips on my camcorder together to make kind of like a little short film so yeah, anyway, if you want to follow this podcast on Instagram, it's at Tortured Souls Podcast, and you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan Woodley. And I'll see you in the next podcast, and in the meantime, stay cool, be you, and peace.